All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Galpa Nation. Welcome to the Sports Galpa Podcast, where I help you understand why the sports fans in your life scream at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sports Galpal, and of course, on SportsGalpal.com. And you hear the typing. That's okay. I have not one, but two of the super fans from Next Fan up with you today because um, I got this cryptic email from the um, co-leader, I guess I'd call him, my favorite super fan, which is the Eagle super fan, Mark. Um, he knew that Andrew, the Jets super fan, was coming on, and he was like, don't let him call me crazy. And that started a whole thing. So I'm like, you know what, boys? Let's just bring you on. You two hash it out like men on the Sports Gal Pal podcast. So Mark and Andrew, welcome back. Thank you. I was good. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. It's good to know that that Mark uh, can dish it, but can't take it when uh, when when the time is called. You know. He needs to go. He needs to go scurrying to to email Ramona. To, I just uh, wanted. To <laughs> I wanted to have some representation. Uh, basically, what I want to start with, if we could. So, Andrew, you made a comment as soon as you were knew the game was over. We were up by like 10 towards the end of the game, and you put out that you had lost the game more than the Eagles had won it. So I just want you to explain that. That was offensive to me. It was our first win. We had not won any right. games yet. It was our first win. We were, you know, happy that we had played well and beat a very good team, especially a very good defense. And then you acted like we didn't deserve it. So I want to know, what do you, what do you mean by that statement? I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the fact that you guys didn't deserve it. What I said is that we definitely lost the game more than you guys won it. The the fact that not a single outside receiver on your team had had a reception that, uh, against Revis or Camardi. That Marshall gave you guys two turnovers on that absurd fumble, and that and when he alligator armed that interception at the end of the game, which which sealed the game, and that two out of our we we were stuck using the same. The same skill guys we've been using the past three years, and Brandon Marshall, like because Decker was hurt, Ivory was hurt, and Fitzpatrick was forced to throw the ball 54 times. That's not the Jets' the Jets' success. That's not that the Jets' path to success isn't going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing the ball 54 times. So I just I, obviously there were some impressive aspects to what the Eagles did. I believe stop, stopping the run, even though it was Bilal Powell and not Chris Ivory, which is a which is a, definitely a downgrade. And you, you didn't, they didn't get a sack either. But the fact is that Darren Sproles is going to – those type of guys are going to continue to kill the Jets whenever they play them. And that's what they did. And you guys just made more plays than we did. You did it's not that you didn't deserve to win the game. It's that the Jets deserved it less. That I, I wasn't that impressed with Philadelphia. I was more concerned with what the Jets looked like without two of their three best skill guys and their continued inability to defend the running back out of the backfield. I think we're closer than I think. I think I took a lot of offense, but at the end, yes, I, I agree completely with most of the things you're saying. But I think that if we play that game, we win 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10. And the reason is that you guys have a great defense, but clearly wasn't good enough to stop us for reasons like Sproles and that we took advantage over the middle in our running game, which I think you guys you have to own up to. Your secondary may be great, but you have trouble with the running game. The fact that Matthews was eating you guys up when we couldn't run against anyone else, that's on you, some of. This is the hard part. It's like we were doing well running it, but you also were messing up. It's like it's hard to – this is a weird argument, I guess, to make. I don't know exactly but, where to fall. But after, after all that, after all that, you guys still only scored 17 offensive points. So it wasn't like you put on some offensive show either. 
But the whole second half, we stopped. Try, we just like went into slow mo and just were running the ball. And yeah, you could stop the run when you everyone in the stadium knew we were going to run the ball. But we didn't care. We still we wasted the entire third quarter, and then we wasted most of the fourth. Okay. You guys were still down by seventeen with ten minutes left. To me, that's domination. When you only have seventeen left, minute, seventeen points down with ten minutes left, you had no chance. You'd only put up seven points on a fluky drive at the end of the half. A weird two-minute drive. You got an amazing pass. You're probably one good play to Marshall. And then, I mean, your quarterback played horrible. You had no chance of scoring 17 at the end of the game. Okay, you came so. as close as you possibly could, forcing the fumble, and then you turn the ball right back over. As soon as you make one play, you give it right back to us? You don't right. deserve anything. So I, just the hard part. Like, they're just, you're just proving my point, Mark. I'm saying the fact that you guys didn't have any points in the second half and that you were then that you were able to do whatever you guys did and still win the game just proves that it was more of the Jets' inability to make plays and than than the than the Philadelphia Eagles' ability. But, of course, yeah, you had you had the turnovers. At, at, at those, I just think this is an excuse anytime you lose. We beat not, you when you brought your best game that day. What could we do? Best, and I think if we played this game, that that that, that that's you're you're missing the point. The best the fact is. That we didn't have, and, and it's no, it's no excuse. Obviously, you guys deserve, you guys deserve to win the game more than the Jets did. But the fact that the the, the loss of Ivory and Decker were two huge losses. And what about Demarco Murray and both of our inside linebackers, DeMarco? bro? Like okay. we're missing I, a lot I, of things. I was already saying that I think I think Ryan Matthews is a better running back than Demarco Murray, and I said that before the game. It was a very similar situation to Week One, where I was very concerned when Josh McCown got knocked out because I just thought Johnny Manziel was a better. So it's player. our fault that, that we have depth. I don't understand this. What I no, think it sounds like excuses because it's, it's like no, yeah, we have depth. We play better when we're missing people. We and I think. I think the big difference here that you're not seeing is having a great defense and no offense doesn't work. You guys need to figure out your offense. And I understand your your quarterback broke his jaw. Maybe Gino would be better, but Fitzpatrick cost you a lot of that game. I and don't you think, need, I don't you think don't you watched so? the first couple of games, Mark, because the Jets offense was in it was in the top half of the league, and that's all we needed to do. With, with Who did you play? Healthy. Who did you beat so far, Andrew? Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland has a good defense so far, Oof. and then you have. Um, I mean, we the Colts. Obviously, the Colts without their uh, uh, Colts have not looked strong. That's a good team. You, but the yeah. point is, but the point is, is that the Jets' offense is. I said this before the year. The Jets' offense is better than people think when they're healthy, and the Jets' defense isn't as good as people think it is because the mm-hmm. Jets' defense still isn't going to be able to defend the tight end when they need to be able to defend it, and they're still not going to be able to defend the running back when they need to defend it. Even totally. Though Dave, even though David Harris oh, got, got a positive grade in coverage this this, uh, this past game, and it's actually the number one uh, inside linebacker in coverage according to Pro Football Focus, but yeah. Demario Davis was the guy who got beat on that on that wheel route by Ryan Matthews. And uh, yeah. Darren Sproles had, had dropped one. Also, listen, the you're you're take. It seems like you're taking it very personally that I said that the Jet, that that the the Jets lost the game more than the Eagles won. It doesn't make a difference. The Eagles are one and two. The Jets are two and one. You guys won. We lost. It's over. But if, if we're if we're talking about what what it looks like in future weeks, I wasn't that impressed with what Philadelphia did, and I still think there are reasons for concern, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Sam Bradford didn't look like he he, he was kept relatively clean, and yet didn't really do much with with the time he had. 
No, he didn't do great, but he did better than Fitzpatrick. Like the difference is he didn't turn the ball over a bunch of times. But I exactly. hear you. Our offensive is not coming together as well as it should. And I agree with you. I think we're, we're much more on the same pitch than it sounded initially. I agree. The offense has major signs of concern. Our defense is better than people think. And I think our offense will get better than people think it is. Um, I don't think we're any big contention team, but we just won a game. I just wanted to have some glory of actually beating a team that I respect because your defense, especially the passing, I mean, you guys shut us down passing-wise. And I think that has, a, you know, we're, we're pointing out each other's strengths. It's like, yeah, Bradford didn't have a good game because he was throwing against Cromartie and Revis, and your safeties are decent as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it ends up that it was just a decent game. I'm happy we won. And I think you were probably mad that you guys got down by 24 at the beginning because if you weren't in that position, it would have been a much closer game. Exactly, because the Jets aren't built – to come from behind and have Ryan Fitzpatrick throw the ball 54 times. So the fact that, the fact that the, the, they had to play from behind and weren't able to run the ball, just it, it was like the, the anti-formula for a Jets win was that game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the Jets know that, but they, they were forced to play that way, and without their skill guys, they weren't able to come back. And the fact that they still only lost by seven points is, is promising to me in future weeks. They just have to know Brandon Marshall can't lateral the ball, uh, like, like, make an absurd play like that. And, and Fitzpatrick was forced to make uh, take more chances, and he knows he can't take chances. He's a smart guy. He knows he's not going to – he shouldn't be throwing to double coverage. But in that situation, that's what he has to do. Yeah, but that I was one of the craziest plays, that Marshall lateral. But, yeah, I just think he was really desperate being 17 down. He was worried, but that was ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good game. I, yeah, I think we're, like, we're made way more on the same page than I think it sounded on Slack. I want to hear what Ramona – Ramona, I'm sure, watched the game. What, what, what were your thoughts? Um, I actually didn't watch the game. A um, couple of reasons. One, um, it was the Dallas Atlanta was on in my area because I'm in Redskin country. And God forbid, if we don't show the Redskins, then we have to show Dallas. Yay. Which that was actually a good game. Um, but secondly, I feel like if I watch, it's jinxed. I just, I, I, I'm not allowed to watch football anymore. Um, have you two made up now? Because my goodness, my goodness. Yes, we have this, friends. This, this, Goodness gracious. Like, I have never, <laughs> Mark, I believe you, I have never had a super fan ever email me about, don't let him say this. I'm like, my God. And I dealt with Flirtgate and Flirtgazi. So make up, be nice. Yes, we're or definitely friends. And Andrew's one of my favorite super fans. Andrew brings it every week. He's, very he's one of mine, too. Awesome job. Um, he's one of mine, dog- too. Yeah, he's top five. <laughs> My dog is going crazy, so I'm going to hop off to let you guys talk the rest of this out. Andrew, I appreciate the conversation. That was awesome, man. Uh, I will catch you guys later. Bye, Mark. Bye. My goodness gracious. He had so much, like, pent-in, like, anger and angst, Andrew. Like, you know, yeah, how – Notice how we got that conversation out first, and then he goes, then he goes running away right after we're done talking to Jets. Yeah, because I didn't even there. get to say my side of it because I kind of agree with you. I feel like we took better opportunities and better advantage of after I saw the replay, um, better advantage of the mistakes the Jets did. But other than that, I'm still not convinced that Philadelphia is a solid offense team. I also agree with you that Ryan Matthews is a much better fit in that Kelly style offense as we're seeing it now. Not having DeMarco Murray, well, we didn't really have DeMarco Murray the first two games either. So he's a non-factor. Um, so, but Mark didn't let me get a word in edgewise. I would have told him that on the air. So, a, a rational Philadelphia Eagles fan. I, I, I think, I think we, you, we should just move Mark completely to the production side and have you become the Philadelphia Eagles super fan. I think we should get that in motion. Um, I don't think Podvader's going to like that very much. <laughs> <laughs>
he's, he's busy with other things. He's busy with other things. I don't think he'll notice. You don't think he'll notice that we place Mark with me? Um, you know, I take over what co-hosting duties of Next Fan Up. I will say, anytime I'm on, we have a bunch of guys all suddenly jump on. That's kind of fun. Um, but that's just maybe because it's, you know, football. But anyway, Andrew, welcome back. I'm so excited you're here. You are definitely one of my top um, super fans. I had the, some great fun with you. And um, again, I feel, you know, I like the Jets personally. I have no problems with them. And Darrell Reeve is a monster, and I love him very, very much and wish he was on my team. Yes, because he's ridiculous. So, yes. And I'm very sorry. I feel bad because I tweeted you that day. I hope you had a miserable day, and you kind of did. Um, oh, so I feel yeah, like it was I my did. fault. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I, so. I was sitting. It, it already happened. It, it, what, what I'm referring to, I, I had a bunch of friends over watching the game in, the, in my room downstairs, and I'm just leaning back. And my giant cast hit, which which already could see that like I'm miserable to begin with. Like my the status quo is miserable. So I'm sitting there with with the giant cast on my arm, and I lean back after watching watching the Jet game. It's already 17 nothing, and I knock this cup of water that my friend had uh, sitting down, which. I have a rule that there's supposed to be no water, no no liquids downstairs or something. I don't know, whatever. Some so, some rule that uh. That, that that I probably made retroactively, but so I could just blame him and not me. But I hit it down onto my computer, completely zapped everything. So it was just really miserable. Lost all my work watching the Jets losing. Just uh, it was it was a very. And then, and then I saw your tweet on my phone. <laughs> and then I saw your tweet on my phone, which actually which actually brought a smile to my face. So thank you. But yeah, it was Sunday. Really, Sunday that's really sad, Andrew. Andrew, that's yeah. really sad that he, what, I forget exactly what I tweeted you. It was something like, you know, I, I normally adore you, but I really hope you have a miserable day. So I feel yeah, really bad now. Yeah, no, because I do no, adore don't, you. Don't, like, don't seriously, you're up there. You're up there. I'm, I'm now making all of Slack really mad, all, all the guys in there, but I flat out say it. I love me some Andrew Hirsch. What can I say? You're fantastic. I love it when you're on the podcast, and I think they should have you on more often. So, all right, let's get into some of the other NFL games. So, um, your Jets are already probably in London. They're facing the Dolphins, who talk about a train wreck. My God. Um, like, it's... Yeah. I feel I just there's there's not enough podcast time in the world to talk about the mess that is the Miami Dolphins and you know yeah. I kind of feel bad for the the super fan of the Miami Dolphins he's almost like the Mark Sicko of the AFC you know completely irrational and loves his team um you know and again I shouldn't pick on Mark too much because I am an Eagles fan I want them to succeed I just feel like I just maybe it's the UVA girl in me and I'm just so battered and bruised from them that I just have no joy left I just can't wait for basketball to start at this point Andrew that that's where I am right now. So yeah, let's let's get into your game. Yeah, so you psyched for basketball? Dolphins, yeah, I love. I'm I'm a basketball fan. We're getting to that later, but yeah. t- talking about the Dolphins. So the Dolphins were a popular pick to overtake the Patriots uh, to, to for the AFC this year because they signed Dom Kung Su. They're a very top heavy team. They have a lot of superstars um, on uh, on both sides of the ball. If you look at uh, the receivers, Jarvis Landry, they just took Devontae Park in the first round. They have talent. The problem is, is that that organization is just the epitome of dysfunction because their president, Mike Tannenbaum, their general manager, Dennis Hickey, and their head coach, Joe Philbin, were all bought in in different regimes. They weren't bought in together. Their three top executives were bought in at different times 
uh, in the last two years, and none of them are tied to each other. So there are different agendas going, some, one person wants to, another guy doesn't want to, the, the way that Philbin's using, uh, Philbin and Bill Lazer running the offense might not be the way that Mike Tannenbaum envisioned. There's just a lot of stuff going on there that it's not cohesive. And it, it just happens, as a Jet fan, I, I could relate to this, it just happens where an organization it, if, if it's dysfunctional, it finds its way. I don't know how, but it finds its way onto the field. And it just seems that, like, the Dolphins, it doesn't seem like, I don't want to say they're not playing so hard, but it doesn't look like Joe Philbin is getting those guys ready each week. And I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Jets beat Miami and London if there's a new coach roaming the sidelines in Miami after the bye week. It would not surprise me either. And I almost think that it may be a good thing for Miami. I think they need a fresh start. They need something because, and let me tell you, when you've got an all-star player like Indomit Sue, who's doing his own thing, you got to cut that down. I don't care how awesome he is. You as the leadership in that organization need to need to bring okay, him so down. From, yeah, so I don't understand you're, you're, what's going on. You're referring to that story where they said Indomit Sue was freelancing, doing his own thing on defense. But the tape says otherwise. So... Because when you're watching him, he's in his gaps. He's playing well against the run. He's doing what he does. It's not really, like, it's not, there's not really much that he can do to ruin the defensive system. The, the problem is, as I mentioned before, there are three guys in that organization who, who, are, who are running things. And maybe one of them didn't agree with the signing, another, and, and one did. So one's leaking some, some made-up story to the press in, in order to, to make the signing look like a mistake. It's just... It's just complete chaos in that organization and Stephen Ross it's funny because you look at these billionaire owners and you think that they should be able to know how to run an organization considering they got where they were in the first place how they had made all this money they're smart guys but like a lot of these guys don't know what they're doing when it comes to running football and yet they don't they don't have the self-awareness to realize that they should just let it be and let other people run the organization I mean Stephen Ross finally realized it except now he has three guys running the organization who don't have any cohesiveness and it's leading to really poor play on the field if you're the Miami's owner which of the three do you drop like do you drop two of them do you drop one of them do you just clean house and start over what do you do they it's the guy the guy with the highest position is the guy they brought in the most recently and that was actually the Jets former general manager Mike Tannenbaum he's the president of football operations there and uh Joe Philbin was brought in two regimes ago uh under Jeff Ireland uh, the GM there. Then Dennis Hickey was brought in after Ireland was fired, and he's just a, he doesn't seem like he's doing much, which is funny because he had actually a good draft last year before Tannenbaum was brought in. It's just a mess, Ramona. I mean, I feel my, one of my best friends is a is a Dolphin fan. Shout out to Joey, but like I don't feel for him at all, considering what the Jets had to go through uh, the past I don't know forty years, very similar situations. So I hope they keep the status quo and they go. I don't know, four and twelve, <laughs> and 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 then uh, especially with the Jets win in London this week. Nice, nice. All right, other game I'm looking forward to: Texas versus Falcons. Um, again, I have a ton of Falcons on my fantasy team, so I need lots of points. I feel really bad that I had Freeman on the bench because my God, mm-hmm. he was a monster. Just stupid, stupid, stupid sports gal pal. Stupid. I should have asked some advice and I didn't get any. Whatever. Well, um, Texans. If you ask me, if you ask me, I had Freeman on the bench too. So. No, you know, like, okay. don't, don't, don't See, be it's not just me. So I'm not crazy. Someone was like, you should ask for what the Cowboys super fan was like, you need to ask for advice. I'm like, no, I made the right call because he hadn't been starting. It just, oh. 
you know, you're, this is why you're my favorite because you don't do things like that. You don't say things like, you know, well, maybe you should do this. No, you're just <laughs> chill and awesome. The other guys, you know, and you're not like real quick. Um, do you follow college basketball at all? I follow college basketball. Right, do you have a favorite college basketball team? I mean, you're, you're probably not going to like this answer, but like growing up, like and the first game I ever watched was the 1999 title game, Connecticut versus Duke. And for some reason, I really wanted Duke to win, and they lost. And since then, I've been like, I was, I've been a Duke fan, but no, nothing too crazy. I just root for them. I, I, I like following the game. I like watching the game. I'm more of an agnostic when it comes to that, but like, I'll root for Duke. <sighs> All right. <laughs> so you were. No, you're definitely not. Um, because your other compadre, the the uh, New York Giants guy, Sam, he's a UNC fan. So he what's is. up with New York? Just what the heck? I don't know. You know what? You know Virginia's going to be because... Pope, yeah. That's all I got to say. Yes, it will happen. No, wahoo wah. I mean, wah. The... No, I I'm, I get it's territorial because... when it comes to my who's. Yeah. In, in New York, it's really like they try to make Syracuse, New York City's basketball team, but like that's like six hours upstate, like – no Plus, they're really, they're going to be terrible yeah. with all the sanctions and everything else going on there. So that's not a really good right. don't don't root for Syracuse this year. Poor Orangeman. I don't feel bad for you. No, because again, you're an ACC rival. I'm a really awful person, Andrew. I really don't feel bad for other teams when they're doing poorly. Um, <laughs> because no, I don't. I have no empathy. I have no empathy for the fans. No, no, I really don't. All right, back to pro football. That was uh, just a side, but I needed to know. So, okay, this is going to be a fun basketball season. I can just tell. We're going to get into that a little bit. Okay, Texas versus Falcons. I'm also curious is, you know, can that Texas defense, you know, they do have the amazing, the ridiculous, and I love him very much, <laughs> J.J. Watt. Um, you know, can he do anything to stop what is like an offensive juggernaut right now with Atlanta. But here's the thing with Atlanta. They're like they're like half teams. So one half they do really well and then the next half they don't do well. And then all three of the games, that's the way it's been. I'd like to see Atlanta see can you play a full game? I mean, well, I if you ask Falcon fans, if you ask Tim, I mean he they're three and oh, so he the three halves that they've played well are the halves that have mattered apparently. But yeah, it seems like they're a bit of a schizo type of team. That like they'll they'll turn it on when it when when they need to turn it on, but when you have a guy like Julio Jones on the outside, like you could afford to do that because he's right now on pace to have a season for the ages, and it wasn't that big of a shock. I mean, we we had on our on our preview podcast like I me and a couple other people picked him to win Offensive Player of the Year because in Kyle Shanahan's offense. The, the number one receiver historically has put up great numbers. Even like, like playing the Texans in this game, Kyle Shanahan used to be the offensive coordinator in Houston when Andre Johnson was there. And Andre Johnson put up monster numbers. And Julio Jones, I mean, as, as, good, as crazy as a talent as Andre Johnson was coming out of Miami, Julio Jones is a freak of nature. He's an absolute freak of nature. He could beat you down the, down the field. He could beat you in the screen game. He could beat you in the middle of the field. As, as you saw last week in Dallas when he had that uh, post route in the middle of the field and then broke a tackle to take it into the end zone. But can to your question, can J.J. Watt and the Texans' defense disrupt the Falcons enough? I think they can, because I don't think the Falcons' O-line is anything great. They've, they've played above average so far, but they, they haven't faced a guy like J.J. Watt. And if Clowney, could, can, uh, Jadavian Clowney, the first-round pick, the first overall pick uh, last year out of South Carolina, is healthy, they have two historic talents playing on each side. And if they could get to Matt Ryan, then they, they might be able to, dis, to not give Julio Jones enough time to get down the field and make them pay. But the Falcons are at home. They're in the Dome. 
Houston still has Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, whoever they decide to start this week at playing quarterback. So I, I still think the Falcons will find a way to come up with a win, regardless if they play well in one half and crappy in the other. Yeah, I agree. I, unfortunately, I think um, I'm looking at the schedule. I was actually talking to Tim before our Tim, the um, Atlanta Falcons super fan on Next Fan Up, which you can listen to on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Next Fan Up. Um, I was talking to him before we were on the air and he was like, we're going to go 16-0 and then lose the first round of the playoffs. So I'm like, well, I'm glad you have a plan. Um, the other game I'm looking forward to is not the Eagles versus Redskins. No, I'm not looking forward to that because I'm, I find no joy in football anymore, Andrew. None. Absolutely none. Uh, but I am looking forward to the Rams versus Cardinals. Um, I am the smartest fantasy owner alive. Where I did not start Freeman, I did pick up the Arizona Cardinals defense. And boy, I am so glad I did that. So I am now second place in the Blog Talk Radio Fantasy Football League, beating like people like Joel Hernard and, you know, others. Only Podvaders ahead of me. It's fantastic. Yeah, and didn't you and didn't you lose Jordy Nelson or something? Like I did Corey lose Jordy Seattle? Nelson. Yeah, so I picked up um, James. I picked up James Jones. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yes, I picked but him on yeah, waivers. You, so, so you had a. Uh, so you were jumping for joy every time Colin Kaepernick threw off his back foot last year, last week. Pretty much, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, I have no ill will towards the 49ers. I think that they're a terrific program. And as a child, I used to watch them in the 80s. And I love Jerry Rice, but they're a mess right now. Um, and that was fantastic for fantasy points. So my suggestion is. Unless the defense is absolutely terrible, pick up the defense that is against the 49ers every week. <laughs> you will score lots of points. I mean, they just, I think Philadelphia looks bad, but then I watch the 49ers I'm like, well, at least we're not that. Um, Rams, I'm still praying that my prediction's right, that their defense is going to hold. But right now, Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald, and can I have Larry Fitzgerald in the Block Talk Radio League? I got him like ninth round because no one else wanted him. I look like a genius yeah. right now, an absolute having, genius. Having Andrew. a comeback here. Yes, he is. Yeah, I, I and and I have Keenan Allen too. I know. Yeah, it seems like your it seems like it's stacked. Your team is stacked. But the reason why you were able to get Fitzgerald in the ninth round was because first off, because Palmer was hurt last year, didn't play so much, and they're using Fitzgerald differently this year. Usually, when your number one receiver, you like to put him on the outside, get him isolated against the guy, and have him go one on one and throw the ball up to him. But now they're playing Fitzgerald in the slot, which gives him the whole field to work with. And to tackle a monster like that in the middle of the field, like usually he'll be matched up against safeties or linebackers as opposed to corners. It's just a lot more difficult to defend. So the way that they're using Fitzgerald is, is more the reason that he's having such a breakout year rather than that he's just all of a sudden decided to play hard again because he's – Everyone knows, anyone who watched that year when they made the Super Bowl knows he's an all-world talent, and he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I love the guy. I'm super excited that I have him. I think that the Cardinals are going to roll over the Rams. I just, that offense of the Rams, Nick Foles is just looking like a mess. I mean, last week, I, I just, I don't know. I'm just not seeing what I thought I would see. Again, it's kind of the Eagles, you know. I started seeing great things in the preseason. So this is the the rule I, because this is the first year I've ever paid it really attention to preseason. It was only because I was hanging out with you guys so much. And I was like, well, man, I got to start watching preseason games. And I'm never watching preseason games again because oh. it just totally skewed my mind, Andrew. And then I started listening to Mark and I drank green, green Kool-Aid and I thought we'd be okay. And we're not. We're really not, are we? No. You could, you, you, when you watch preseason, you can't really take – it's very hard to take anything positive out of it. It's, it's, it's more of like – it's more of a – as long as we don't look really, really, really crappy, then it doesn't matter. 
because if you look good, doesn't matter either. But if you look crappy, like then something might be wrong. So it's really a, a no a, a no win situation to watch preseason. And the fact that we delve so deep into it just shows that like we really are super fans because I wouldn't really wish that on anybody to to have to to have to do that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Are there any other games you're looking forward to this weekend? I think I covered all the ones because it's kind of, I don't know, it's been kind of a boring matchups because the, like the Sunday night game is the Cowboys versus the Saints. Again, I'm like, yeah. why? Exactly. I'm like, okay, great. My husband gets to watch uh, Fear of the Walking Dead and I will get some stuff done. Like, I'm not even planning right. on watching because it's like backup versus backup. No. Right. And NBC thought they were getting Romo Breeze instead they're getting, they're getting McCown and Whedon. So yeah, so like, they're getting so sure they're getting be. former Brown and then the dude that does the Verizon commercials. <laughs> right. The uh, exactly. but as to your question, uh, what game am I looking forward to? I mean, they'll probably come off as my New York bias, but I'd say Giants Bills. I think that's an interesting game. They only play once every four years, and it'll be interesting to see what Rex Ryan does to defend uh, Odell Beckham because the the the, the fact that their defense got destroyed last week. Um, oh, sorry, two weeks ago by New England. It, it shows that their defense isn't invincible, but the, but they have a lot, a lot of talent. And just the, it'll be interesting to see the way Rex utilizes that talent to stop Odell Beckham. And Victor Cruz was supposed to come back this week and salsa into our hearts again, but it seems like he aggravated a calf injury, so he might not be back either. So. The, if, if the Giants are able to hold Tyrod Taylor and that surprisingly decent Bills offense, they might have a shot in this game. This game's in Buffalo, which and, and that's and the Bills are a very tough home team to play against. But the fact that I'm a Jets fan it makes me want. I'm and the Bills aren't our division. It'll be tough for me to root again, root for the Giants. But it makes sense for me. And the, the, and the truth is, like. Being gonna have having to watch two Giants Patriots Super Bowls and having to watch the, root for the Giants in those games too, I'm sort of used to it by now. Unfortunately. Aw, I'm sorry. How did you wind up being a Jets fan? I'm just curious. Oh my God. Okay, so my dad actually grew up a Giants fan, but when when he when like I was like, like a child, like he he was already jaded by that point. He wasn't rooting for a team anymore. He was rooting for his money. He was rooting for whoever he bet on. So he didn't really influence my, my older brother to, to, to join a team, to, to root for a team. So my brother picked the Jets. And, of course, like the good younger brother that I was, I was a Jets fan too. And I will ne- literally never forgive him for not picking the Giants <laughs> because to suffer through, through a, a, being a Jets fan all my life, it's, it's been rough. But at least he picked the Yankees and didn't pick the Mets. So I got some glory. I don't know. The Mets are looking real, real good right now. Right. The Mets are looking real good right now. But they'll find a way to collapse in the end, just like the Jets always do. No, again, my dad is a huge Mets fan. Like, one of my best childhood memories is the 1986. You weren't even born. Oh, my God. I am so old. Um, Anyway, one of my favorite childhood memories was the 1986 World Series. My dad woke me up. I was six years old. And he woke me up and was like, honey, you got to see this. And we watched the last couple of innings when they, they won. And that was like, the, that's one of those like precious memories for me. So I always have a soft spot for the Mets. I kind of grew up as a Yankees fan. Um, but really, I, I, I'm like you. I'm agnostic when it comes to baseball. I should be a Nationals fan, but no one should like the Nationals right now because, my God. Oh, my God. 
the best, <laughs> the best drama ever. There was like choking. It was like a dynasty episode, an episode of Empire. There was choking. There was slapping. Someone got hit in the face. It's just fantastic. Again, if you are not following sports because you think it's just for boys, I'm like, there's so much good drama just within teams. I mean, it's fantastic. Just, just fantastic. Um, I am actually looking forward to this weekend of college football, Andrew. You want to know why? You want to know why? Virginia's why? not playing. Virginia's not playing. We have a bye week. We can't possibly mess that up. I was there Friday night in the rain, in the cold, watching as Boise State just ram rolled over Virginia. By the end of halftime, I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to deal with this anymore. And we left. And that was the best decision because it got worse from there. And I think everybody else left. It is not happiness. Um, again, November 13th, college basketball starts. I get to cheer for boring basketball and pack line defense. That will be happy and watch it now. Um, my awful footballness will come into basketball. It's just, it's just miserable. But there are a couple games on um, college football wise. I'm not sure how into college football you are, but I'm just going over a few. Um, definitely check out Texas versus TCU. TCU had a nail biter at Texas Tech. I kind of feel bad for the um, Cow- uh, Cowboy super fan from Next Fan Up, Brian, who um, is a like I said last week. He's a college football slut because he has four. Teams he cheers for. It's like my God, he just spreads it around. Um, Texas is, of course, a the the hottest of hot messes right now. That whole department is crazy. Um, I'm not sure how long their coach is going to be there. It's just crazy. Feel bad for Shaka Smart for leaving VCU to go to Texas for basketball. Boy, that seems like a real good decision now, doesn't it? I, I don't really care because again, it's VCU and I'm a Virginia fan. Um, next game I'm looking forward to: Ole Miss versus Florida. Um, Ole Miss is looking. Fantastic. Great offense. Again, um, another um, SEC battle is going to be Michigan State versus Texas A&M. All four of those teams are ranked. Anytime you get to watch SEC basketball, it's uh, excuse me, football, it's fantastic. And then um, definitely check out West Virginia versus Oklahoma. Again, ranked teams. Um, just look forward to that. But college football-wise, again, we're still not – we're just now starting to get into conference play, so that's when it starts getting interesting. So unless, you know, the sports fan in your life is a big nut for these teams, this may be a good weekend. I was kind of scanning through the games, and I'm like, there are a couple that I'm really interested in, but not enough to make me want to go. Let me sit in from the TV. So I don't know if you there's, follow there's college also, football. Uh, there's also a big uh, Notre Dame Clemson game on at like eight o'clock, apparently. Like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't well. bring it up just because I don't think Clemson's going to play that well. Um, you know, again, but again, here's the thing: Notre Dame. They came to Virginia and they were 12 seconds away from losing. That would have been fantastic, Andrew. I can't even begin to tell you how awesome that would have been because my husband is a Notre Dame fan. I made him sit in a whole different section, and I did not ride in the car with him that day. I'm a terrible person, Andrew. I really am. I'm really irrational. So, um, you know what else is exciting, though? Training camp for the NBA has started. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Now, I'm who's your NBA, NBA team? Uh, I'm a Knicks fan. You should be. I mean, that's yeah. your team. I mean, that how do you feel team. about the whole – how do you feel about that draft choice? I've, I've heard there's been, like, specials about it and everything and booze, and I'm like, my God. Okay. So – if you're an irrational, if you're an irrational Knicks fan, then you're probably upset about that pick, because if you think the Knicks are going anywhere within the next two years, and you're like, oh, we need to win now. Why didn't we take Justice Winslow or, uh, or any uh, some someone that could help us win now? Then either you're really, really irrational, or you're Carmelo Anthony. So, like, the, the Chris Das Porzingis pick 
just watching him in summer league, you could see the potential is there. He needs, he needs to build up, obviously. He's only 19 years old. He needs to get in the weight room. But the skills are there. The, the shot is obviously there. He, he looks like he knows what he's doing defensively, just to be in the right spots to, to, to go up vertically. And he, he's, just a, he's a very good prospect. And the, the just, it just shows just like the irrationality of these Knicks fans who just booed him at draft night. And then all, after they watch him in three summer league games, they, they immediately think he's the best prospect in the draft and they're happy they got him. Like it, it's just completely absurd. But that's why you've got to love sports, and that's why, that, and that's why they're, uh, they're called fans, because they're fanatical, because they, they could change on a dime just like that. But just as a Knicks overview this whole, for, for the year, the fact is that they don't have their draft pick this year. So even if they wanted to tank, they wouldn't, it wouldn't pay off because they're giving their pick to, I believe, I think it's Toronto in the Bargnani trade who could then flip to Denver. I don't even know what the specifics are. But the, they have no reason to tank, which means they should just be looking to be competent this year, which is why they went out, got Robin Lopez, Aaron Aflalo. If they could win 35 games, I'll be happy, and then look, look for next year. But I'm not sure Carmelo Anthony is going to be so happy about that. I wouldn't be worried about Carmel Anthony. Me personally, I believe in Phil. I believe in his legacy. I believe in what he has done to two other organizations. And when he left both of those organizations, they suddenly collapsed. So I think the Knicks, your fans, the crazy ones just need to calm down. I mean, seriously, I I just, I don't, no one player, unless you get LeBron, is going to change the course of your team. I mean, it just, it's so rare that and even then, you know, if you don't have the support around him, look what happened with the finals last year. You know, he basically carried himself and, and Cleveland to a finals because he didn't have, you know, his, his main guys with him. So right. I, I just, yeah, I just, you're right. We get irrational as fans and we just want what we want when we want it. And we want that. And, and here's the thing. I don't know why Knicks fans have, you know, um, loyalty to Carmelo Anthony. It's not like, I, he would jump in a heartbeat to another team to get a championship. He has no loyalty to the Knicks. It's just that's where he is, and that's where he wound up. He didn't go there, frankly, because he's from New York. He went there because they gave him a really good deal. I mean, that's let's be well, honest. Yeah, that's true. They, they they did give him the most money, but when they traded for him in the first place, he was like, the only place I want to be is the Knicks. And for some reason, James Dolan, instead of waiting for the offseason to sign him as a free agent, gave up all those assets. And now it's still coming back to bite them. And how many years later? Six years later, and that, that they have to give up their draft pick. They don't have the draft pick this year. It, it just goes to show uh, that, that as long as Dolan is running that franchise, like I, I still will never be a hundred percent confident that the Knicks are on the right path, no matter what Phil Jackson's reputation suggests. Because if if Phil Jack, if, if the Knicks have another down year this year, like it wouldn't even shock me if Dolan just throws Phil out of there and uses him as a scapegoat. So, I don't know. It, life, life is depressing as a Knicks fan sometimes. So, uh, I, but, yeah, I'm still looking forward to the NBA season. I love watching the NBA. But uh, who, who's your team? Who, are, you're not a Sixer fan, are you? No, that would be depressing and awful. Again, I'm agnostic. So, it's weird. I just I don't have favorites um, in the NBA or major league baseball or hockey um i just like watching them and which is very convenient <laughs> when you're doing a podcast because i can be a little more i think rational when i'm talking about them um, um last year it's funny that i started this podcast right as the nba finals was going on and again i love watching stephen curry i think his story is 
terrific. And um, I really like him as a player and as a person. And I loved his daughter. And I know people were upset that his daughter's at the conferences. And I'm just like, no, let her stay because she's fantastic. And she creates great memes and gifts. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, let, let the kids stay. And, you know, I, I like him. I like certain players. I I am a big fan. I'm going to be watching very carefully. Obviously, you know, I'm definitely more of a college basketball girl like that obviously we've talked about this my team is the university of virginia i believe in the pack line defense i believe in bennett ball and i cannot wait to see what um justin anderson does for the the mavericks i hope he starts i hope they use him because he is phenomenal i mean just ridiculous and you saw the difference when he was in our lineup and then when he was taken out last year and the difference it made in our team so that's gonna be interesting to me i'm also curious about you know again some of these kind of um those that kentucky crew that got broken up and now scattered all over the nba what they're going to do and see if any of them you know, make it um, because a lot of times you get these hot shots in and they don't do very well. In my opinion, I, I still think they draft them too young. I think they need at least two years in college before, or they need some type of de- better developmental league than they have right now. Um, and it's a real problem for the NBA. So, but no, I don't personally have a, a basketball team. Does that make me like a worse basketball fan because I don't have one? No, I don't think so. I mean, that's on you. But the fact that it, it, it's, what, it's what you said before, it helps you become more rational. I mean, I like to think that even though like, that, that I'm a diehard fan of the Knicks and the Jets, like, I'll, I could separate that fandom from just rational breakdowns of games. I mean, it seems like, I mean, if, if any of us listen to the beginning of the podcast, I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, Sitko might not be able to say the same thing. Yeah. And again, I think if, if I didn't have such a strong connection to the University of Virginia, I would probably be that crazy Eagles fan. I think I would. I think what this is what happens. You find one thing in your life that you're absolutely nuts about, and that's what you do. I don't know what your thing is. It would be that or my children. Um, and for the sake of my children, it's U- University of Virginia that I'm a little more crazy about. Because then I'd be one of those crazy moms that's like, we got to do all this stuff. And I'm now more of a chill mom going, okay, let's see what the tiny humans do. So, yeah. I know you can't relate to that. Have you already decided? Have you already decided that your children are going to UVA? Oh yes. Oh oh god yes. Oh my god, they like can outfitting? sing. No, like I've already like, like. Of course, in the bow ties and the the dresses, absolutely, absolutely. Not only that, but um, it's great because at New Year's Eve, so our um, I guess fight song or the song we play after we um score touchdowns. And doesn't happen that often anymore. It's sad. Anyway, it's a good old song, but it's to the tune of Old Lang Syme. You know the um New Year's song. So it's great. Whenever they hear that song, they start singing good old song instead of Ole Zion. It's fantastic. I'm such a good mom. That's funny. Yay me. No, it is funny. But that's the thing. I, you know, I believe that um, particularly college athletics is a type of religion in this country because people get absolutely fanatical about it. That's why I went to college for and I studied it and I wrote giant papers about this sort of thing. And one of the things that I talked about was is that, you know, as a mom, I have a joke that I have the right to, you know, raise my children whatever religious I, religion I want to. And it's the religion of Wahoo. And it's great when it's soccer or men's tennis or baseball or basketball, unless we're playing Michigan State. And um, then it's fantastic. And if it's football, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just deal. It, it's sad because for Virginia, we have great NFL prospects. I mean, the guys who leave right. Virginia play very well in the NFL. So it's not a lack of talent. And there's this kid, Quinn Blanding. Um, he is, I believe, the safety at Virginia right now. He's a sophomore or second year, as we would call it. He is absolutely phenomenal. Should be a top 
um, 10 draft pick if he keeps doing what he's doing. He is absolutely absurdly talented. And I feel so bad that he's stuck with Virginia right now. But um, it's funny, his aunt is actually in my spin class. He's from my hometown area. And um, he actually went to the high school, I believe, that Brian, the Cowboys super fan, went to. So this is how weirdly connected all of us are. And so he, his aunt was telling me that, you know, he chose Virginia because it was close to home. So we got lucky there. Oh, so it wasn't even like some like crazy recruitment by like Virginia. He just happened to like want to be at home. Well, Mike London is a great recruiter, the head coach at University of Virginia. I mean, we've gotten some great players in because he is very charismatic. He does care about the players. The players obviously adore him. The challenge is, is that is at game time, I cannot tell you how many times I'd have to look up the stats. We've had 12 men on the field penalties. We've had false starts. We've had, you know, illegal man down the field. I mean, and those are such stupid mistakes that I don't mind at the beginning of the season if you're dealing with like a freshman quarterback, for example. But towards the end of the season, we should be over that. That That is absolute nonsense. And that's lack of bad coaching. He can't figure out timeouts. And that's just, those, those are basics. I mean, that's just absolute basics. And then our offensive scheme is literally dive, dive screen. Like if you watch Virginia play, it's that. So everybody knows what we're going to do. So it's like watching. So again, and then I'm dealing with that with Philadelphia. So it's not been fun. So I am looking forward to basketball. I'm just like, you know what, football? Other than fantasy football, you're kind of breaking my heart. So I'm going to talk about it because it's really popular. And maybe the Eagles will surprise me. I hope they do. I hope that Mark is right and that we're dominant and that we're awesome. Um, but I'm kind of like you. And maybe it's being raised by a New Yorker. I just am like, mm, I kind of just, I'm going to wait and see. The other interesting yeah. thing that's happened recently in the NBA is Derek Rose is injured again. I should not laugh about this. We should never laugh about yeah. their injuries. But... Probably not. My God, just it's it, and I, I, I bring it up because it's kind of a nice way to um, have you on because we're dealing with yet another player with a facial injury that's going to keep him from playing. Probably. Uh, so, I, I know. I know. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't, even, I didn't even put that together. I didn't put that <laughs> together. Wow. So this so this whole however long we were doing this is just it's just because you just wanted to get in, in another Geno Smith joke. OK. I really shouldn't joke about Gina Smith because right now my team, your team's record is better and it's probably going to be better after this week. Watch it. We'll lose to the Redskins. I guarantee it. And it will be absolutely miserable for me because I can't not tell you how many Redskins fans I have, um, fans I have in Galpaw Nation and also friends. It's going to be a long weekend. Um, yeah. So um, Derek Rose suffered a left orbital fracture in practice on Tuesday when he caught an elbow from a teammate. And I'm like, what in the world? First off, like, like, ouch. I feel really bad. That's got to hurt like nothing else. Am I right? And you were injured right yeah. now, so you know what hurt feels like. I hear that. But, uh, yeah, face, yeah. I'd much rather have what I got going on with my arm than literally have, like, facial surgery. And that's you probably know, what's going to happen. I, I, yeah. I mean, I know, I, know we're, I know we're doing podcasts, but, you know, the face is the moneymaker. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just, is he made of glass? You know that movie Unbreakable with Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson? Have you ever seen that? Right. Isn't that, M. Night Shyamalan? I think that's the, uh, is, that the, is that the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yes, where the guy's like, I'm Mr. Glass. That is Derek Rose. He is Mr. Glass. Like, literally, you breathe in the guy and he breaks. I'm just like, right, I, does he need more calcium? What What is up? I mean, it's sports, right? Like, they're, they're, these guys are moving at crazy speeds, with crazy strength. And this is this has the makings of more of a fluke type injury. Yeah, like I'm looking at his injuries right now. He had sprained toe, strained back, torn ACL, meniscus, ankle, hammy. Like 
he's had a lot of soft tissue injuries, which you could say that, yeah, that's in him being injury prone. But this, this is just more of a freak occurrence, him just getting, like, catching an elbow in the face. He seemed, it seems like he'll be fine for the season. But it's just like, it's, it's one of those things where it's just easy to pile on, pile on to Derrick Rose, sort of like a kicking him when he's, when he's down type of thing. When, and, and us in the media, we, we love to do that because it's just, it's just more fodder. But he'll, he'll be fine. He, I mean, he's not going to be the guy he was in his MVP form, and that's nothing to do with really his face. That's just the fact that he doesn't have the, the, the day-to-day explosiveness that he used to have. Like, when every game Derrick Rose played before he got hurt, he looked like that guy, that Russell Westbrook-type explosive athlete. Now it comes and goes, and the stats even show that on back-to-backs or, or in two games and three nights. Like, he doesn't look the same. And that was obvious to the eye last year. So I mean, maybe he had maybe another year off surgery, he'll be more to what he was in his MVP form. But I'm not really holding my breath, which is sad. Yeah, I just like it is sad because he's really talented. Yeah, he's very talented, and it's and I, again, I this past um, NBA um, playoffs, they were great. I mean, lots of nail biters, lots of down to the wire. It was very exciting. It was almost like it was more like what March Madness should be with college basketball than, than March Madness was this year. March Madness was very chalk, you know. And again, chalk for those who don't know is when the you know the um, team who's favored to win wins, unless you're Virginia. Um, so that that happened a lot in March, and we had a little bit of upsets. Obviously, Kentucky didn't make it, and you know Duke managed to win. Yay! Um, Yay. I should go go ACC. <laughs> Yay! You can tell how excited I am. Yay! Um, but it, it, you know, Andrew, I'm gonna say this too. I've done this right on the show. I'm gonna say it again. How in the world does Duke get a number one seed when they didn't win the ACC championship or the ACC regular season? How did they get a one seed? It's a conspiracy, Ramona. It's always a conspiracy. It is. It's against me. And then how did Villanova get a one seed? The the Big East is nothing. It's nothing now. It's nothing. We had a requiem for it on ESPN, for God's sakes. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Yes, there's a requiem. There's a 30 for 30, the, rec- the, the requiem for the Big East, because, you know, all the good Big East teams are in the ACC now. So, right. No. Yeah, just, I don't know. Just, Conference realignment's a joke. Like, I don't even know who's where anymore. Like, Syracuse in the ACC now, apparently. Like, I didn't know that. I could yes. just learn that today. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. No, are yeah, you serious? Like, like, Maryland's in the Big Ten now. I, now I'm okay it, with it, that. It, it, now I'm perfectly okay with that. Maryland's like a nah, joke. I mean, no. it, 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 oh. it sucks because, like, I remember, like, watching as a kid those, like, Duke-Maryland games. Like, Jay would, I mean, he was Jason Williams at the time. And, like, Duhon and Boozer and just, like, those teams, those those are my teams growing up, and now like like when and like in those crazy games against Maryland, like those aren't going to happen anymore, and it's sad. But now Maryland, Maryland is fine. Maryland it. sold out, um, you know, and they have Scott Van Pelt to help them, and and you know, good luck to them. Um, I really hope the Big Ten just kicks their butt. I just uh, no well, again. There, that's what sure. that was one of Maryland. That was one. That was one of Virginia's main basketball rivals was Maryland. That that was actually a yeah. bigger rival for us than anybody else. So for them to leave, like that's why last year when it was the Big Ten ACC champion uh, challenge, they gave us Maryland. All of us wanted Michigan State. Well, we got them again. So yeah. be careful what you wish for because you're gonna get it. Um, but we played Maryland um, at Maryland and beat them. Yay! That's always right. a good time. Yes. Yeah, now, it, Mar- it, Maryland is the isn't Maryland the preseason number one this year or something like they that mellow supposedly. Trimble, like, uh, 
I'm not worried about it yeah. at all. I am absolutely not worried about it. We play um, for the ACC. We actually have Virginia has a great um, out of conference schedule. We play Villanova at home. We play Ohio State, part of that Big Ten challenge, ACC challenge um, at Ohio State. Um, Cal comes in, um, and then we've got potentially we've got a couple of good tournaments. So Virginia is looking really, really good. I like. Um, you got this seven footer from New Zealand called Jack Salt. My God. So we have him. If Toby could actually, Mike Toby could actually figure out, you know, that he's a big guy and he should throw some elbows. Um, we might actually have a shot of making a deeper run in the NCAA tournament, which I want to, as I'm already saving up to go. Um, because I love it so very much. Yeah. I want to watch all the basketball, Andrew, all of it. Yes. Yay. I'm the best person ever. Um, yeah, no, again, I will tell my husband, like, o- over the winter, it was like, okay, honey, I'm going to make some chicken wings, and we need to stay inside and watch all the basketball. And he had to suffer through that. I know it's awful, isn't it? I'm the worst wife ever. Just terrible. I'm pretty sure that a lot of the, the, the guys uh, listening to this podcast are like, where can I find something like that, you know? <laughs> like, oh, just watch, sit down <laughs> well, on the couch and, watch, and eat chicken wings and watch sports all day? Cause I'll sign up for that. Yeah, no, they were baked chicken wings. Like, and I made him eat grapes with them. So, because we were, you know, we're, we try to eat very healthy, but they were very tasty. So, but it's still chicken wings and it's still basketball. And it's all day. Like, literally, from the start of college game day all the way to the end. Last, first tip off, last tip off. Like, literally, wall to wall basketball. Cause I need to know what's going on. It's very important. And college basketball is just, it, it is my, probably my favorite sport. It, it really is. And I think that's the ACC influence. I mean, you can't, you cannot be part of the ACC when you go to school there and not watch ACC basketball. It's just the ba- it is the best basketball conference in the country, bar none. None of the other um, conferences come close. I'm sorry. It's just not possible. I mean, you just look at the talent. You look at the teams. You look at the history. You look at the emerging factors. You know, I think Wake Forest is going to have a great year. Uh, Miami's looking really good. Virginia should dominate because we've got great returners. Lena Parentes is a absolute fantastic point guard. Anthony Gill is the nicest guy and he's ferocious. He's really under the radar. Malcolm Brogdon is flat out just a defensive wonder kid. So again, I can you tell I just really love basketball. Yeah. I, I, I needed to start. To say, I was like I was about to say like I don't know anyone you just mentioned, but it sounds like uh Virginia is going to have a good team this year, but they they usually don't they usually have a very good team. It's just that they can't score. <laughs> they they Scott they stop We don't need to score. We don't need to score. Right. We we hold everybody to like t- tiny points. I mean, you know, and that's Down. the thing. That's why people are like it's boring basketball. I'm like, it's not boring exactly. basketball when you're winning. You know, people like right. like Colin Cowherd winning his tirade about Virginia boring basketball. I'm like, it's not boring when you're 30 and two. That's trust me, it's not boring. I watch boring basketball all day long. So yes, right. But when yes, you get I, to the tournament, when 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 you get to the tournament, you're not going to be able. You're going to face teams. That you're not going to be able to shut down all the time, and you're going to they're going to be possessions when you're going to need to get a basket. And if you can't get that basket, I mean, it's gonna. And, and those one game samples, like, if you lose one game and you're out, like it's very hard to win that way. Like, trust me, I had I had Virginia in my bracket last year in the Final Four, so like, I, I I've learned from that mistake. I, I I think it's very hard the way they play. It's more it's better for regular seasons. Better it's easier to win that way in the regular season. But when it comes playoff time or, or tournament time, like, it, in, in those one game samples where if you can't or and you you can't you don't have a guy you give the ball to either in the post or or a guard who's going to drive in you're, it's going to be hard to win six games or whatever, how how many games you need to win to win the title so I'm not trying to rain on your parade or anything and I'm sure you've heard this all before but like your season's over Ramona it's done it's it's done on, on September 30th 2015 Virginia it's done 
Wow. Wow. You just you just totally dropped out of the top five. You just totally <laughs> Wow, that was meaner than Brian. Seriously, Andrew, I expect more out of you. No. That was the joke was the- though. I, I that that's the joke though. Just like you you had me on for an hour and then dropped that Geno Smith bomb on me with the Derek Rose. That's the that, that that's what happens. It's because you're a deaf eater now. It's very good. All right. Well, you know, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. I'm I'm Team Gryffindor. What can I say? Um, anybody who doesn't understand that, that's an inside joke. Um, Andrew um, has faced an injury. I'm going to tell a story that's not true. Um, but he was rescuing lots of people, and he's freaking fantastic. And, Andrew, are you dating anybody or are you single? I'm just curious. I am currently on the market. Okay, Ladies. Ladies, I'm telling you, I mean, he rescues damsels in distress. He knows all this cool stuff about lots of different sports. He is one of my favorites. So this is now three weeks in a row I've had single guys on the podcast. My goodness. Someone in Galpa Nation. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? It tells me that I'm very lucky to be married. Right. Um. Miguel Nation, I'm telling you, you want to find a guy? Seriously, go to sports bars and learn about sports and start talking about sports. The men will come to you. You will not have to find them. You, you just sit there and you start talking sports like an intelligent person or at least an intelligent sports fan or even a crazy sports fan. And the men will find you. It's it's so true. That That is the truth. I mean, if a girl was in a sports bar and she was going on and on and saying some of the same points you just said today, would you not want to talk to her? Put Put a ring on it. Exactly, exactly, just like Beyonce. All right, Andrew. Um, I think what we'll do is we're going to have you back on. Um, when I do bracketology, I think that that will be appropriate. Yes, because Sam, the um, New York guy, has already agreed. Brian has already agreed. Um, so we'll get a couple more super fans, and we'll do because Pod Vader won't let you guys do that on Next Fan Up. But I'm the sports gal pal, not just football. So you guys can talk about all kinds of stuff on my show. Um, if the members of Galpa Nation want to talk more Jets or sports or Knicks or you know Death Eater stuff, where do they go, Andrew? You can follow me on Twitter at Clocks Hirsch. And uh, if you want to see some, like, I mean, it's really in-depth football stuff, like football analytics, but you can check out profootballfocus.com if you're into that type of stuff. But, yeah, at Clocks Hirsch and obviously on the next Fan Up podcast. That's right. And Mark Sicko, who is also was on um, again because he he hijacked our podcast. It was just supposed to be Andrew and me and, and he kind of hijacked it. And I was like, wow, OK, he needed to get that out. So I'm saving the relationships with super fans, one one super fan battle at a time. Um, but again, you can follow Mark at at Sicko. What is it? 77, I believe. You'll see him tweet me about Eagles all day long, but he is also the main host of Next Fan Up on Sunday nights. They do their recap shows, um, and then on their Thursday shows, fans battles. So are you doing the fan battle this week with the Miami guy? I am not. I am unfortunately not able to do that this week, but something tells me that Ron didn't really want to do it anyway because I'm probably dug up in a hole somewhere, afraid to come out to watch the Jets beat down the Miami Dolphins in London this week. That's actually not true. Um, he, um, okay, I will. Um, that's actually not true because um, he has his own podcast, which is great about Miami Dolphins football, and he talks about um, teams and things like that. I don't think he's afraid. I just think he's facing reality like the rest of us. So again, it is Andrew Hirsch. He is one of my favorite super fans, regardless of his meanness against the um, UVA. Seriously, Andrew, I will punch you in the face like a la Gino style um, if you take on my who's. Just don't. Just I'm crazy UVA girl. Anyway.
Um, you can follow, see him and all the guys in Next Fan Up. It's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Next Fan Up. All the links to Andrew and to the crew at Next Fan Up will be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpa or sportsgalpa.com. And again, Andrew, thanks so much for coming on. I'm glad the arm's feeling better. And I hope your Jets do really well this season. Now that you've gotten past Philly, you can go undefeated except for playoffs when we maybe meet in the Super Bowl. I just laughed I, um, inside I love, I love saying the optimism. that. You know, at this point, that's all we got. That's all we got, right. Andrew. Just, just let's just be crazy. Let's be Mark Sicko crazy. We're going to the Super Bowl. Woo! Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.